What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Trolley. And we are here to discuss the what, when, how to train for Waco Tanks, Texas. Maybe, certainly one of the top three most iconic bouldering locations on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of the most well-known and for good reason. Yeah. What's, what's your experience in Waco? Let's start there. Um, Waco was one of the first places I ever bouldered outside. Um, from Texas initially, though that doesn't mean I actually ever lived close to uh, Waco. Right. <laughs> I was still like 10 and a half hours away. You're a whole country away, essentially. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or if I was in Europe, I'd be like four countries away. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... You know, that like to me, that was the place that everyone always talked about. Like that was what you aspired to. And I made a few trips while I lived in Texas and then a few trips after I like moved away. And then eventually I became a climbing guide there and I ended up guiding for a couple of seasons. Um, and I, I love it. It's I've spent, you know, other than the Southeast, it's the place I've spent the most time bouldering. Do you... Do you know how many seasons you've spent there? <clears throat> um, it's a little broken up. I normally, I think I like four is what I'd say. Like none, like, like my very first one. I mean, I was there from, you know, November through to March. So like a season. And then I've never really done that since. Like the longest I've gone since is like two months. Um, yeah. And I think that's a, I would consider that a season, um, a two month stay there. For me, it was a, my first time in Waco was kind of immediately after I um, sort of flew from the nest in Cincinnati. Um, That's right. I gave yeah. my daughter my house and and Annalisa and I packed up in the car and we drove away while she stood in the driveway waving and crying. And then we lived in Waco for the winter. And, and then we did one more one more season and I've done uh, a short trip or two as well. Um, so two full winters is my kind of my, my base experience, which by the way is not enough to have even scratched the surface. No, no, there's um, yeah. something I think we should say in the introduction here is that you know, Waco gets this or has gotten, at least in my experience um, as a climber who's been around for quite a long time now, I heard about the regulations in Waco way back as if they were this big, um, this horrible thing that completely ruined the experience of climbing in Waco. And only having been there post regulations, I would say that I think they probably make the experience better and they make 
they protect the park in a way that that a lot of people don't consider. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty fragile environment. And even with the regulations in place, there's still quite a few people there most days during the good season. And if it was just open to anyone, it would get destroyed. It would be an absolutely barren landscape in a season. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a very, it's kind of a funny thing because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, this is, you know, I don't want to have to jump through the hoops is what everyone always says about Waco. And here's the ironic thing is because no one wants to jump through hoops. No one goes like, it's great. Like, and it's funny because I like ask people all the time. I'm like, Hey, you should go. It'd be cool to come with you this season. Like I'm going to be there. Like, and they're like, ah, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll just go to like Bishop or Vegas. And then like they show a photo of them in Bishop in Vegas. And it's like 80 people, somehow a hundred dogs, like trash everywhere. Like all the plants, everything around is just trampled. And it's like, man, like it's, yeah, like it's seeing what Waco is now it makes it hard to look at those other places because, yeah, I mean, it, I, like I love Waco and I love the fact that it's preserved the way it is. Um, I got to have kind of a cool experience. When I went through guide training, uh, Paul DeSatko was in training with me, you know, climb, guy who's been climbing for a long time, um, I think even into the early 90s or so. But I'm pretty sure this was his first time back. I feel like he had said it was his first time back since the public usage plan went in, which was in like nine, I think 98, winter 98, 99, something like that. Um, basically what had happened was things just got heinous in Waco. Like the, the climbers crossed a few too many lines and they just said, Hey, we're closing everything down. We need to figure out what we're going to do because this isn't sustainable. And, and it wasn't, um, And so they opened back up with a lot of regulations and I don't think Paul had been back since then. And it was cool hearing his perspective because he was like, you know what? Like I thought this was going to suck. I thought that, you know, Waco was ruined because of the rules, but coming back here and seeing how much has grown back, like how much this park has been able to like thrive because climbers aren't driving their cars through the middle of it. Literally. He's like, he's like, man, it, it shows me how much like kind of destruction we did back then. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, without going on for too long, like I love it. I wish, I wish more areas would be proactive early on so that it didn't get to the point to where we needed to lock things down and have a minimum or a maximum number of people like, you know, it's like, it sucks seeing, so many beautiful areas just get kind of loved to death by climbers. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And this one would get just destroyed. Oh, no question. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail about how to secure North Mountain reservations because there is a, a really fine art to it. And if I reveal that um, without the people putting in the work themselves to figure it out, then I feel like I'm making it a harder um, experience for everyone else because it's already tricky. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's not tricky to do, but it's tricky to be successful with. 
it's actually a really easy process. I think it's 90 days out. Is that right? That you yep. can get North Mountain reservations and you just call the Texas State Parks. You reserve, I think you can reserve two or three days. Is that right? Two or three? Three. Yep. So you just call that 90 days out. You reserve your three days and then you wait a few days and call again. And it's actually pretty easy to get those reservations. And then if you don't end up using the reservations, you can call and day of and say, I'm opening my reservation and they'll let someone else in, which is a, a nice feature of it. It's a bit archaic and it's it's a tough system for the rangers to to use every day. You know, it's it's busy mornings around Waco. Um, so I think if you dive into this and learn it, be respectful of it. I think that's the that's the key thing I want to say there. And then you can hire guides for all of the other mountains. And and there's north, there's east, there's east spur, and there's west mountain. Um, so you can hire guides for all of those and have guided trips of several different varieties. And I'll link to a page that explains all of that for you in the show notes. Uh, it's a much simpler process than it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. With reservations, that's for North Mountain and it's self-guided. And you can book up to three days on, one day off. Um, and one thing that Chris talked on that um, is really important and just helps the park and helps other climbers is, let's say you're like, oh, I want to go around Christmas time, you book all your dates and you end up deciding you're not going to go, man, call them up and cancel. Like tell them, Hey, I'm not going to use these reservations because that lets other people book ahead of time. And it just makes the whole process easier because what ends up happening is a lot of people make these reservations with, you know, great hopes of their Waco trip. They don't go. And then, yeah, it turns into just this huge, like kind of waiting game and it makes it harder for everyone. And if you are there and you, you know, let's say you're booking three days on one day off, but you know, who can actually climb three on one off and you're not going to use one. The second the park opens, give them a call and be like, Hey, you know, this is nature LA. I've got spots for four people. We're not coming in today. You can give those spots out. And what that does is it lets four other people who are waiting to get in in immediately. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, just be cool about it. Yeah. And if you are one of those people, um, getting those North mountain reservations, when you show up at the guide shack in the morning or the Rangers shack in the morning to sign in, just be sure and tell them thanks. They, they work hard there and they're, they're friends to the climbers. So say thank you. Uh, let's jump into what to train. What are the, the kind of archetypal, um, aspects of Waco that we need to be thinking about when we're preparing for a trip. When a lot of knee bars. When I first heard, <laughs> a lot of knee bars. And <laughs> actually I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I'm <laughs> this has been mentioned on the podcast a couple of times and and people are going to freak out at me saying this, but I think if you can practice knee bars in the gym Take your knee pad in and practice knee bars. It's yeah, they they are a fine art. So go do it. Completely agree. Um, one thing I heard all the time 
when I was preparing for Waco was get ready for tons of in cut little edges. And I found that, yes, that's true, but you can avoid in cut edges if you want to. There's Waco has the widest uh, variety of styles of any area I've ever been to. Same. I think that's a common misconception is people think everything is, you know, in cut crimps on a 45. And in those exist, like, you know, for all you, all you moon boarders out there, all you spray wall climbers, like you can climb on those and they do exist, but they are not nearly as common as you would think. And I would even say that they are not the dominant style of the area. Like they're the reason why they are so popular is because there's just really a handful of them where it's like, oh, it's free willy, it's diaphanous sea, it's tequila sunrise, like these really pretty clean faces with crimps kind of scattered up them. Um, you know, they're, you hear about them because there aren't a ton of them. Like if there was a million of them, then, you know, everyone wouldn't know that few handful that there are. Yeah. And I do think, however, there are some specific things that you should be thinking about in your training um, that will go a long way. And those three things beyond in cut edges are uh, tension. I think at, at every level climbing mm -hmm. in Waco, body tension is a massive help. The holds can get pretty slippery. The feet can get pretty polished, especially on the really good popular boulders. So at every level, you're going to need better tension. Um, small feet get comfortable using, pulling, pushing with tiny little slippery feet. And you might as well, if you haven't, learn some roof skills. Like get, get in a roof, get on a really steep wall, learn bicycles, heel hooks, toe hooks, recycling to hold swings, all these all these roof skills that really kind of show up big when you're climbing on a horizontal surface are really useful in Waco. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with all of those. Um, like your legs come into play and your midsection, like core strength comes into play so much more in Waco than almost anywhere I've been. Um, and one thing that's cool about it is when you climb in Waco, you like anywhere I've gone after Waco, I always feel stronger. It's like, oh, I can pull harder with my legs. I can control more with my midsection, like all of these things. Um, like you're just body tension kind of goes through the roof. Where in a lot of outdoor climbing areas, I don't find that so much to be true. Like you'll maybe develop some specific strengths, but more so if you're coming from the gym, like you're getting better, but you typically don't get stronger climbing outside. Like, but in Waco, like, man, that place is, it's like the cheat code. Uh, I was also just going to add power endurance. Like a lot of the good boulders end up being a lot of moves or everything is very heavily featured there. So you get a lot of pinches, slopers, and you end up having to do a lot of foot moves to hand moves. And so you just end up being on the wall for a long time. So even if something is only, let's say, eight hand moves, you might be doing 20 foot moves for it. You know, I'm thinking about something like purple flowers right now where you can cover the roof and really only a few hand moves, but you're pretty much spinning 360s with your feet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, you know, if your goals are those roof boulders, um, I think your core having some real power endurance is massive. It's not, it shouldn't all just be forearms. You should be pretty specific about your training for Waco, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll get on a very tiny short soapbox for a second here. On a, Have you ever been on a short soapbox? Come on now. Never in my life. Um, <laughs> like, so as far as training, core tension, body tension, there's this kind of belief that a lot of people have like, oh, if I just train max strength, that's, that's what I need. Cause I just need to be strong for five moves. Let's say even eight moves for this. Like, why would I train longer? But the problem is like, this is not a single effort you're trying to give. Like if you're trying to work out a boulder problem, you might pull onto it 30 times that day. You might do all of these moves a bunch of different times. Like you don't need to be strong for five moves or eight moves. You need to be strong for the 300 moves you're going to do in that session. Cause if your core gives out, which in Waco, it definitely does. Like there are so many times where I have to stop trying a boulder because my core tension would give up. Like if I didn't train my body tension well before going to Waco, that's the first thing that fails on me. Like it's my big muscles. Like my hands won't fail first. Totally. Um, totally agree. So, you know, I like things like ab wheel rollouts. I like things like front levers. They're good for like more max strength. But if you don't have some kind of general endurance and stamina in your midsection, you're, you know, you're going to be sagging away from the wall and having a real hard time making your feet stay on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good season, when to train. Um, I think you already sort of mentioned it here that kind of November to the beginning of March is mm -hmm. sort of the season. Um, that's not to say that you can't climb in Waco, um, you know, on the shoulders of that and through the summer. I mean, Jason Kale and a lot of the locals um, do spend a lot of time there. And if you chase shade, you can find some cool zones and totally doable. Uh, it definitely gets busiest from November to the beginning of March. And, and you'll notice if you spend a winter there that at the beginning, end of February, beginning of March, people start being like, uh, am I staying another few days or am I going? It's about to get hot. And there seems to be a real shift like a line that's drawn somewhere near the end of February. It's like, you want to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I think the rock rodeo is normally like mid February. And that's about the time when most people start being like, Oh, well, you know, I think the season's about done. It tends to get more windy as the year goes on. So once you get March and April, it's going to get mm. um, a little more windy. And if you chase shade, I mean, it's the desert, it stays dry. Like you can definitely make it work. Um, but it's just going to kind of keep getting warmer. Yep. And honestly, the wind can really be like, you know, some, some is good, but man, Waco wind can get pretty aggressive. It absolutely can. So more, more is not better there. Yeah. And when thinking of when to train for Waco tanks, I think if you, if you are just doing an out of the blue bouldering trip and you just want to do easy stuff, then then you don't need to be super specific. If, if you are a hardcore boulder, I think Waco demands and you're, and you're staying for a long time. If you're going to do a whole season, 
I think Waco demands that you have a really good base of boulders built up. And then you spend at least six dedicated weeks training for what you're about to do. I personally think 12 weeks is even better Mm -hmm. if you can, you know, chunk off that amount of time, especially if you don't have a giant outdoor bouldering base already with those skills that, that are easiest to learn outside, things like tiny feet and body tension on smears, things like that. Um then try to get that whole 12 weeks in. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Let's go, let's go how to train. And this is like we've mentioned here, Waco is a tricky one because it's got every, every type of, of boulder, you know, lots of variety. There's, you could climb on roofs, you could climb on vertical techie, you can climb on the board style boulders, you can climb on super featured boulders. Um, So for my money, I think that the how to train, you either have to decide whether it's going to be really general. Like if you're just going to do a bunch of volume, maybe do a project or two um, that you haven't really decided on yet. um, Or are you going to be super specific and really zero in on a project. So for my money, the how to train is make a decision on general trip, really specific project trip. Um, And if, if it's a general trip, I think our training plans that we have, um, we have a, a bouldering, a system of bouldering plans that starts at beginner that just climb more boulders and goes to, you know, double digits, which is boulder strong. And, Beyond those, I think the must-have training plan, sort of a training plan that we have, kind of a supplemental plan, is applied body tension. I think of all the things we have available, that one will prepare you the best. If you add it to whatever other training plan you're using, you're going you're gonna to be happy that you did. Uh, agreed. Um, yeah, and I think that's a good way of going about thinking of your training, like, man, I recommend to everyone their first time in Waco, do everything. Um, You know, we'll talk about this later, but there is so much good climbing to do there. And it doesn't matter what grade you're at. Um, You know, Waco can seem like maybe an intimidating place because you hear about a lot of hard climbs. But I mean, if you climb V3, V4, you can go climb. I mean, without even leaving North Mountain, the self-guided area, you could climb there for a month straight and never get bored. Like, I mean, that's, yeah, it's incredible. So I recommend to people all the time, just go climb everything. You're going to pick up more of the style. Um, you're going to just gain a lot more from it. If you like, if you're into that kind of thing. Now, if you have, you know, if you're very much, I just want a project. Cool. You can do that. Um, and I say, go for it. Like it's a very, that place is very trainable. Um, you know, if you pick out one climb, like I would look at, you know, what is it like? A lot of it, you have these, um, you know, if it's power endurance, like match the amount of time that you're on the wall, like try and match that style. One thing I think that can be tough is you tend to have a lot of, uh, because you have so much pulling with your legs and with your midsection, that can be hard to replicate. And like trickery, like it's hard to replicate 
bicycles. Mm-hmm. It's hard to replicate. Like, you know, you're smearing on the inside of a scoop that faces the wrong way to do a move. Um, and especially if you haven't tried those things before, it can be challenging to know how it's going to feel. But yeah, I think it's a good way to go about it. Like, you know, me, I'm a huge fan of do everything. Uh, climbing in Waco was where like the mentality of all the boulders came from. Yeah. You and ravioli biceps, right? Yep. Yeah. And that was that first season when we were both there from like November to, I think we were actually there till early April. Mm. And our goal was let's try and climb five new boulders every day we go out. Yeah. Do them all. I I think that's, that's such a great way to build up this really solid base of experience that you can draw on for all the seasons to come. Um, the other other plan I'd like to just mention here, if you are happy with your like climbing practice, I think our Fingers Plus plan is a, a great way to prep for Waco in that it's it's all really specific fingers, pulling, and hips, um, which I think are you know, going to help prepare you for just about anything that Waco can throw at you, uh, in a, in a fairly general way. Yeah. Um, you know, one other thing I would add is if you're planning on being there for more than, I mean, honestly, if you're planning on going there, like getting your legs conditioned to some degree is super helpful. Um, there's just a lot of heel hooks, a lot of like kind of odd angled heel hooks and things like that. Um, I'm a big fan of, like cross-legged squats are something that I'll add into like my warm-up circuit, which is, you know, if you sit down cross-legged and then stand up, you know, kind of with your knees are basically like bowing sideways a little bit, but doing those, you know, I'll do sets of like whatever, like eight to 10 at body weight, just as part of my warm-up to kind of get the outside of my knees a little bit more conditioned doing stuff like that. Um, Copenhagen planks are another good one. That's like a side plank, but your top leg is supporting you on like a bench or whatever. And that's good for kind of conditioning the inside of your leg, inside of that knee, just kind of getting a little bit more robust. Um, a lot of people end up kind of getting these leg tweaks while they're in Waco because, you know, they may be physically strong, especially upper body, but they're not ready to pull as hard with their legs as Waco ends up demanding. And so it's not uncommon to hear of, you know, knee injuries, hamstring injuries, things like that. Uh, so it's worth it. And also just the amount of hiking around you do like you jump around over boulders with crash pads and like a day's worth of food and gear and all that. Like, yeah, like man, even shoot. I think my first season there, I was like, I don't know, 22 or three. And like by the end, my hips and knees and everything were all just kind of banged up. Like it wears on you. Yeah. That's something I noticed on the last little short trip I did to Waco that I hadn't really noticed on my long trips was that when I was only there for a few days, the hiking was really difficult on my knees and ankles and hips just because it's so you're hiking on rock most of the time. And it's, you know, the, the featured rock that you are climbing on is the same featured rock that you're hiking on. So it's got all these Wacos in it and it's really uneven. And when you're carrying a big load that can wreak havoc on your, your ankles and your knees. So I think prepping your legs is huge. Right on. Uh, let's talk local beta. This is the, this is the, uh, category that's the biggest for me here. I've got, 
I had to make extra room to write in this category because there's so much fun stuff um, for local beta that that I think is can make your experience in Waco more positive. Um, mm-hmm. It's really easy to just get trapped into the desert there and not ever go into town or, you know, not, not take advantage of the, the local kind of fun things that are around. Um, number one for me on my local beta list are the Vista markets. Um, yes. Visit those places. They're the best grocery stores on earth. I'm convinced <laughs> it just feels so fun going grocery shopping at the Vista markets. And there's, there's one fairly close to Waco. And then there's one a little further into El Paso. Um, we go to both depending on what we want to do. You can buy great burritos that they make right there in front of you. They make tortillas daily. Um, and they have a huge donut and pastry selection that, um, that those women are making daily. And, and, I love going in and just talking to those folks who are in there making things and such a, such a cool thing to be excited about going to a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vista is definitely on mine as well. Um, the tortillas are great. Get them while they're hot. They're amazing. They make them like a couple times a day. So the burritos, let me tell you about these burritos. Um, <laughs> bre- the breakfast burritos, it's a build your own and it's three ninety nine a pound. <laughs> Um, so, and if you're not from America, you're just going to have to understand that's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. It's $3.99 a pound for breakfast burritos. I think it's $4.99 for a lunch or dinner burrito. But as far as I know, I've tested this a couple times. As long as you get eggs in your burrito, they ring it up as a breakfast burrito. So you can have three quarters of a pound of bacon and just a quarter pound of eggs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's that is three ninety nine. That is exactly what that is. It won't close and it'll be glorious. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, like those breakfast burritos are, you know, one of the reasons I go to Waco at this point. Yeah, yeah. I I dream about the Vista markets. I I love it. Yeah. All right. What do you got next? And next up, I've got the Send Climbing is is there. They're local and they make the best knee pads available. Mm-hmm. And you should, you should go there and get an e-pad. Even if you have one already, go get a second. You're going to be happy you've got two um, while you're in Waco. So, How many knee pads do you own? <laughs> do I have to answer that question publicly? <laughs> um, I have two send pads. I have the short one and the long one. And then I have a couple of older knee pads that I used pre-send climbing being around um, that will likely never see use again. Okay. I think I've got like six. So <laughs> three of them are send and it's the same. It's the same thing. Like I have uh, one of the sleeves they make, a small one and a large one. And the other ones will just like, I'm trying to give them away to friends, but at the same time, they're like, is it good? I'm like, no, no, it's not. These other, like there's a reason I'm not, they don't ever come out with me. But there are times I hike three knee pads out Sport climbing, for sure. I hike out three knee pads every time. That's hilarious. I can be in Smith, like face climbing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try to bolt or not to be. Hold on. Which knee pads do I need? Uh, that's hilarious. Okay, cool. Actually, you just reminded yeah. me that we have three send knee pads because when I bought the short one, 
I bought the long one first, then the short one. And then Annalisa was like, I need my own short one. And I was like, okay, fine. So, <laughs> so now we have three Cindy pads and I end up carrying them all. So nice. <clears throat> yes. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Send also makes crash pads. They make, um, you know, a bunch of different stuff. Also, if you're shopping for crash pads, um, not having to pay for shipping can be really huge. So yeah. And they make good stuff. Um, other stuff I've got, um, Cattleman's. Mm, I didn't the, have the steakhouse, but I should have. Oh man. I, <sighs> so this is like, you know, just a, a world famous as world famous as Waco is. I'm pretty sure Cattleman's <laughs> is equally. Um, I mean, it's basically like a giant zoo with a, a, a steakhouse in the middle yeah. of it. Old um, school steakhouse. It's amazing. <clears throat> I think like the two main steaks they have, they have the cowboy and the cowgirl. I think the cowgirl is like a pound and a half. Um, yeah, it's a it's a no frills, like giant steak and potatoes kind of a restaurant. Um, I I could not eat there, even if I wanted to. I could not eat there very often. But you should absolutely go. It's it's worth the experience. It is. Yeah, that's like I go once a season. Typically, when things are like kind of lulling towards the end and I'm okay with like having four days of meat sweats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Cattleman's is on there for me for sure. I have uh, Maria. Oh, she's, she's local beta for sure. Maria is a fixture. Um, she is amazing. She's one of the Rangers that works at the Ranger station. Um, does not take shit. No, no. But is also very funny once you get to know her. And um, one of the highlights of Waco for me was seeing Maria at the the Rock Rodeo, um, just having a great time hanging out with, with all these climbers. And we love her. She loves us, even though she can be very gruff uh, a lot of the time. So... Uh, definitely say hello and thank you to Maria if you're in the Rangers office. Yeah. Um, all right. So this next one's going to be a little funny, but bird tours. Mm. It's incredible. So many different types of birds come through Waco tanks. It's a long migratory pattern. It is like Waco tanks. You'll learn if you go, cause you have to watch a video. I mean, they're like just giant watering holes. Um, so a lot of animals come there like, a lot of, uh, yeah, animal life, a lot of plant life is supported there. Um, and it's one of those things I had to go through a, a birding tour as part of my guide training. And I had no appreciation for, I don't know, birds in general <laughs> before this. I was like, okay, Why cool. We have these things. Exactly. Like, and I don't know, it was, it was just great. Like, I really appreciated it. It probably helped the person who... I don't know if he's still the main guy who does the birding tours, but he was at the time, but just super psyched about it and was really knowledgeable about everything around. And you realize how much like, yeah, Waco draws to other from other areas. Um, yeah, I just thought it was great. I thought it was really interesting. Also, any chance to just be out there and be able to appreciate like the desert in that area and like, yeah, be able to appreciate Waco more. I'm here for it. Yeah. And I, you know, number one, I, I love 
seeing anybody who's really knowledgeable and really passionate about the thing they're doing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether I'm super interested in the thing or not. I just, I love watching people get excited about those things. Same. And number two, Waco is more than just a, a climbing area hidden in the middle of nowhere. It's this, it's this entire ecosystem in and of itself in the middle of the desert in Texas. And just really fantastic to learn more about the history and um, what else that, you know, that little oasis has been used for over the years and is still used for by other species. So very cool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The The last things I have on here are kind of the three and there are more, but there, there are three main ones, um, kind of climbing challenges within the park. Number one is Mark of the Beast, which is uh, sixes on East Spur and one on the backside of East Mountain. Is that right? Yes. Um, and that one's accessed via the spur, essentially. Uh, and those those three sixes are, you might have to help me here. It's a uh, high pro glow. Mm -hmm. Is it more than, is it six sixes? It is. It's three. It's three sixes? Yep. Okay, so High Pro Glow, um, Uncut, Uncut Yogi, Yogi, and what was and the And then third? Hop in a Blender. Okay. <clears throat> Alf is not on there. Wait, Alf? Is it? No, 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 it is Alf. Alf, I always confuse. It's Alf in a Blender, not Hobbit in a Blender. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was getting confused there. So those three sixes are the mark of the beast. Um, I think you have to be a pretty solid... V8, V9 climber to do these three sixes in a day. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty mean. Yeah, and have you you almost need to have Alpha and a Blender dialed. Um, that one for me was the hardest of the three for sure. That, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I uh, yeah, for me it was Uncut Yogi. Um, but yeah, everyone's different, and those are that's a fun one for that because they're all like very featured just good boulders. I mean, when I was a guide, there were so many times when people would come out and they'd be like, Hey, like we're here for a little while. We've been only climbing on North. Like we climb, you know, V6, V7, and we just want to do classics. What can we do? I'd be like, well, tell me if you're into this, but I can take you to three incredible V6s and we can go spend the entire day and you can try and do those. And it, ton of fun. Ever like anytime we would do it, it was always just like a great time. Um, yeah. And then there's the fives. You want to talk about the fives? Oh God, they're awful. I mean, they're amazing. <laughs> they are so hard. Um, if you like, you know, if if you need to be a solid V8 climber to do the three V6s, you should probably be a solid V9 climber to do the three fives. Yeah, the most well-rounded V9 climber. Uh, yes. So you have jigsaw puzzle, which is like overhanging, maybe 45 degrees. Um, it's these like kind of slot edges, very precise, um, kind of slippery feet, body tension, quite a few moves, a little power endurancy, classic. Um, then there's slim pickings, which is a, a little better than a friction slab. Um, like tall mm -hmm. slab right right next to it right next to it it's a tiny bit contrived because you have to go straight up you could like traverse straight left and i think it's like v2 
Um, mm-hmm. But good classic hard. I mean, you're not gonna do mo- you're not gonna do any other slab climbing in Waco tanks. I don't know why, but no rocks fell over that way. <laughs> like they all fell to the steep sides. Um, yeah. But so this is, you know, probably the most classic slab in Waco. Um, that one's good. And then the last one is uh, Jenga spells, which is just a mean joke. <laughs> um, it climbs up. I don't know. It's maybe like 30, 35 feet, but there's a boulder that follows up behind you and it flattens out for the very last move, which you pair up on two like, I don't know, half pad, quarter pad, flat crimps and you dino to the sloper lip of this boulder after like, I don't know, climbing like 511 to get there. Um, super classic. That one, man, I know V10 climbers who are still projecting that one. It's like, it's in the Oh yeah. I will raise my hand in that category. (laughs) (laughs) These are all in the warm up area. And so it's typically like you do some of the easier one, easier climbs. Maybe you'll do like jigsaw. If someone's feeling like a little squirrely, they may go do slim pickings. And then maybe like, you know, you finish on a Jenga spells. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you go and you try your double digit boulders because you've fallen on V5. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not ready. Yeah. And those are in the, the maze, the Esper maze. And the last one is the, the wanker 101. Um, I think this is the first one I heard about, and this is, you're going to have to explain this one, or I can look it up in the guidebook here. I think there's a section of it in the old Matt Wilder book. Mm -hmm. Um, But is it all V0 and V1? Is that right? I think it's mostly. The only rules I know, so you have to do all of them within park hours. um, And you have, the last one you have to do is ghetto simulator, the V2. Mm, That's right. I think you're right. um, Also like a sport climb. It, that one's, I don't know, maybe 40 feet, but a boulder follows really closely behind you, um, like a slide, and then it flattens out for the very top for a little crux. So it's mean. Um, and I know some of the boulders have closed um, over the years, and I think there are maybe updated versions of the Wanker 101 online. And that's 101 boulders, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's important to mention. It's not it's not just four boulders or something. It's 101, you know, V zero, V one boulders. Um, some very tall, some not. Um, some a little chossy, some mega classic. But then ending with, like you said, the super classic mm-hmm. ghetto simulator. Yeah, so that's a fun one too. Yeah, so there there are super fun challenges, and and maybe the last thing to say is there's some great easy to moderate sport climbs around um, that shouldn't be forgotten about and overlooked if you're if you're there and you have that kind of gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's move to another absolutely fucking impossible category, which is favorites. Um, I'm just going to list a few of my favorites here and and then I have one story about one of the favorites which I'll tell after I hear your favorites but uh T-bone shuffle which is a V4 that has lots of different beta options and is really just an amazing rock climb um Girls of Juarez which is a pure 
roof V4, um, really neat climbing, uh, both of those on North Mountain. Uh, full service, which is kind of the classic V10. Um, I never did. Uh, I tried it a little injured and um, was just never able to make it work having to work around my injury. Um, but something I want to go back for, for sure. Uh, High Pro Glow, which we mentioned, is on the Mark of the Beast, is a V6 that I think is so much fun. Um, just one of the coolest. It's a great height. It's got a really crazy starting position and just really fun to climb. Uh, what are yours? Um, let me start by saying that this is a favorites category. This is not a classics. <laughs> um, anyone who knows me knows like, yes. like maybe a, a good way to describe this was one day I was having a conversation with Zach of uh, 42 North Bouldering, um, who you did the Boulder Builder course with. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about different climbs. This could have been Waco. This could have been in the new. I don't remember. But he just like paused and looked at me and he's like, Nate, you know, for someone who's strong enough to do a lot of good rock climbing, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you climb a lot of choss, Nate. Oh, man. I have I have a very large place in my heart for just, I, I like good movement. Like, to me, something doesn't have to be the most beautiful rock climb ever. If it moves well, I'm here for it. Um, so, I mean, that said, my favorites, like I've got a couple good ones. Power of Silence is on there. Um it is like just deceiving. Like I am not like a super strong crimper. It's basically a three move boulder on kind of okay holds. They're not bad, but it's a dihedral. That's like a little too steep. The feet are a little too slopey, you know, and the holds are tilted in just the wrong way that it makes it really hard. It's but classic V10. Um, I it's classic, but it's maybe not climbed the most at that grade because it is like, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's just severe. Um, but I love it. It's just, to me, it's iconic. Um, natural disaster. Mm. It's a V10 on West newer, maybe only, I don't know, like seven, eight years old. Um, which I guess can be funny to think that that's new. Um, but it's great. It's like V8 roof climbing to this, just off vertical panel, like maybe 10, 15 degree overhanging panel that climbs like granite. It's just this layback flake, really small, slopey feet. And you climb up that layback flake to like a crimp in a pocket. And then you do an all points off dyno to a handlebar jug. And then you just top out there to me. Amazing. Perfect. Um, loved it. And then last one. So this one, uh, you can judge me if you want, but Gloria. I don't know. Oh, wait, do I know Gloria? I think I do. It's a V7 over by Free Willy and it's opposite of Bloody Flapper. Yeah. It's like it. I'm judging you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I was telling you before we started recording that I gave Drew Mack a list before he went to Waco and he was he was like, Nate, what should I climb? I've never been. I'm like, here's a list. And he was like, Nate, I showed this list to people and they gave me weird looks. And, uh, yeah, it turns out Gloria was one of the ones he got weird looks for. I guess I got weird looks for. <laughs> Incredible. The movement to me is amazing. It has such a, it's just great. I just think it's such a cool lesson in movement. 
it, you know, it's not the perfect boulder. It's like has been broken. So the way you used to climb it doesn't exist anymore, but it's just cool. Like I, I climb it every time I go, I've probably climbed that boulder 40 times. Wow. That's hilarious. You know, you just reminded, I have a Gloria option in mind too. I'm here for it. Which is a uh, greasy kid stuff. Oh, okay. I think, I think that's the name of it. Greasy kid stuff. And yeah, it's just such a weird, weird little boulder, but so fun to me. Okay, so, cool. I like it. My last favorite um, actually was more of an experiential favorite for me. Um, you were there. It was a, we were down in the little choir boys cave, um, little hole that choir boys is in. And we were with a group of women, um, Marina, uh, Julie, um, gosh, I can't even remember who all was there. Uh, Kate, Annalisa. Maybe Dahlia. Dahlia was there for sure. Um, <laughs> big, big group of women and you and I. And it was one of the most windy days I've ever been in Waco. And we used pads oh God, to kind of plug day. up all the holes where the wind was blowing through. Um, and Marina and I both did uh, Choir Boys Low, Revenge of the Revenge of the Choir Boy, I think they call it, back to back. And yep. while choir, choir Boys is certainly not the best boulder around, that for me was just such a really fun experience to to climb with Marina and to do that thing back to back with her, and just watch the brilliance that is Marina in a way. So. Oh man, what a just great climber, super tenacious. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I, I remember that day really specially too. Um, what's funny about Choir Boys is, so when I first started climbing, I was telling you like Waco was, that was the place. Everyone had their projects. That was the place you aspired to. So I started climbing in Houston and a lot of people there had moved from Louisiana um, kind of for work and things like that. Well, everyone looked up to this younger guy who was about my age from Louisiana and they talked about him all the time. And I didn't meet him until a few years later, but uh, his name is Ben Spaneth mm. who, you know, has, has now climbed like V14 mini 14 D's like is an amazing, incredible climber. But everyone, I remember when I first started and first heard about Waco and was hearing about outdoor climbing, people were like, yeah, Ben just did choir boys. Mm. Like, just mic drop. That was like <laughs> the sickest shit anyone had ever heard. They were like, yeah, he just did it. Like he was, couldn't even fit in the knee bar, just climbed right past it. Um, you know, which now in hindsight, it's like I've seen people who are sub five foot fit in the knee bar. So it's like, right. You know, it was probably just, you know, we're all from Texas and Louisiana and didn't know how to knee bar. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was just like, that was the pinnacle. And so to me, you know, that was, I remember when I did finally climb it, I was like, oh, cool. Like there was a time where this was like the, the greatest peak. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, I love how the times change like that. Yeah. Um, but the choir boys is such a, such an interesting boulder. And that little hole I think is really interesting. There's, there's some history down in that little hole. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, you got any other favorites or is that all on your list? Uh, that's kind of it for me. Um, Bump. <laughs> he, the list could go forever. Exactly. And I kind of bumped some over to the overlooked classics because I was like, okay, I feel like my favorites should be ones that like maybe not everyone considers classics, but 
So I'll settle for this. All right. What about the must? What about the must do's? The these are the boulders that really exemplify the Waco tanks experience. Um, I only have two here. Both of mine are really approachable and are ones that I think nearly everybody should do or at least try. And um, I have Moonshine Roof, mm-hmm. which is just this really amazing roof boulder with this surfboard feature. Um, it's long. It's It's got the typical, like, you're turning the lip on smaller holds than you wish you had. Um, after climbing on these really cool big jugs and Wacos and, you know, climbing through these interesting body positions. So for me, that roof really exemplifies the the roof climbing in Waco. And then I also have Melon Patch, oh. um, which is V0 or V1. V0, um, I think. But is tall. Uh, it's, it's committing and... I think it really sets you up nicely, gets your head in the right place for climbing in Waco. Um, I think Moonshine Roof is on east yes, and Melon Patch is on north. So everybody can go do Melon Patch uh, and just such a neat boulder. I climbed it over and over and over that first day. Hmm. Uh, nice. Oh man. There are, so I only had two on my list. Um, one was Moonshine Roof. Um, big, you know, surfboard out of a roof. Amazing. And at V4, like, and even if you don't climb V4, you can pull on any section of that boulder and still like do a bunch of moves. Like you could be a V2 or V3 climber and still like hop onto the surfboard and just like, you know, double heel hook, paddle your hands out for a couple of moves. And yeah, like you can get enjoyment out of that. Um, and the other one is baby martini. Hmm. Another roof one. It is. And it's the same in that, you know, the opening, I don't know, 20 feet. It's what, like a 45 foot roof, something like that. Yeah. Big tons of climbing all low to the ground. So you don't have to worry about like bad falls, massive jugs for the first like 30 feet or something. And then a little crux at the end. Um, You know, I don't think it's, it's not the best V6 in Waco, but man, you get to climb like just, so much roof. It's amazing. Um, honestly, like, you know, I've said this before, but I think you should just, the must do in Waco is just climbing everything in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's all good, but if I had to pick moonshines up there and, uh, baby martini, we'd go up yep. there too. Climb all the boulders. Uh, mm-hmm. what do you have for overlooked classics? These are the ones that, um, are kind of the, they're very typical of the Waco experience. They're, they're classic boulders. They're so fun, but we never hear anything about them. Nobody talks about these boulders for some reason. What do you have? All right. So this is a good list. I'm just letting you know right now. I've only got one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I got, I got five. Okay. Perfect. Um, First is dab. Oh yeah. That's so fun. It's a V4 on the front side of North and it's cool because it's actually in a cluster of trees. Mm-hmm. So you go in, it's off the path. You're in the shade, like surrounded by trees. There's like birds chirping. It doesn't like comparing that to like the top of the chains where you are very much surrounded by just brown rock 
in desert. Like this is the exact opposite experience. Like you're, it's cool. It kind of just reminds you how much like desert life there is. Um, it's a mean little V4 fun. I think it's got some slopers. It's, if I remember right, it's all black rock too, mm-hmm. which is not typical for Waco. Uh, but just a fun little short thing. You can do it with one pad. Um, classic. Yep. I agree. Keep going. What else you got? All right. So, uh, bad religion. Oh yeah. Good one. It's a slightly harder version of new religion and mm-hmm. like new religion, incredibly classic V seven that if you are a pretty experienced steep gym climber, will feel great to you. It's like kind of crimpy finger buckets, giant moves in between them. Like, I feel like if you stumbled upon this in the nineties, you would be like, this is the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, if you come from the gym, you're like, oh, I've climbed 400 versions of this already, like this year. <laughs> right, um, right. Still incredible. It's not common that you'll find it outdoors. So that's new religion. Bad religion adds like a few huge moves, some compression, like recycling toe hooks and things like that. Yeah. Um, and pumps you out just a little bit with like five or six power moves before the final crux dino of new religion. V8, in my opinion, it's the line of the boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and also if you climb V8, it's a good, I, th- I think it's a, it's an attainable boulder at that grade. Like none of the moves themselves are super stopper, just fun to work. Nothing super sharp all around. Love it. Um, the long haul, it is also on the East spur, super tricky little V8 with like heel heel cams, toe hooks. Yeah. Like a slopey lip encounter. And it doesn't get a lot of love because there's a bit of a dab boulder for the last move. Mm -hmm. But that's actually what makes it really cool is because you have to do a little bit of a hop move and if to a jug, but if you swung out wildly, you would hit this boulder. Like not aggressively, but it would just you would dab. But because of that, you have to do this like kind of tough tension hop. Um, And it makes it just really unique. Movement's great, holds are great. Like you're matching this almost a vertical wall sloper, but because you're locked in like heel toe cams below a roof, you can paddle on these like almost non-existent holds for V8. Awesome. All right. Two more. Um, try harder. It's a V9 on East. And I don't think it gets enough love because it's on the backside of a classic boulder where Hobbit and a blender is. Um, so most people stay over there. Also, it's really close to full service. So most people who can climb in this grade range, it's like every bit of V9 um, to do this one. Like if you can climb in that grade range, you're probably going to save your energy to go to full service. So people skip it, but classic roof climbing, um, just great knee bars, toe hooks, huge move slopers. There's a V4 stand that by itself is great and challenging. Uh, so try harder. That's it. And then the very last one, Overlooked classic is Hog Left. Hmm. It's uh, on North Mountain. It is at the top of the chains. So it's where everyone warms up. You just pop into a little hole. Hog right is, or the hog is a V5. Hog left is seven. And it's these cool, wavy, pinchy features that you maneuver around. And so let me explain an experience a lot of people have by picking on someone. Um, (laughs) So one day I went in and I was like, oh, that's right. This thing's really good. I haven't done it in years. Went in and 
uh, I was climbing with a bunch of great climbers, one of which he is a professional climber, has climbed maybe 515 now. Um, we go into this hole. He's like, oh, yeah, I did it the other day. And, uh, I, you know, I figure I would just keep it on the circuit. We lay down pads and I'm trying to remember how to do it because it's like sort of straight forward, but a little funky. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing it correctly, it feels impossible. Yes. I watched this guy uh, reproject this V7 for 45 minutes through his shoes three times, <laughs> like through them, had to go grab them, bring them back, put them back on, try again. He didn't do it that day. <laughs> and I love it. Oh man, it was great. And, but it's one of those things that like, once you know what you're doing, you're like, and it's like, they're, it's not like knee bars or anything crazy or like super cryptic. It's just, can you put your body in the right position? Can you create mm-hmm. tension against and withholds the right way? And when you do, you're like, oh, this is just a super fun, normal V7. But if you don't, it, yeah, uh, you can be a really good climber and throw in tantrums. Yeah, totally. So hog left V7, top of the chains where everyone warms up. Go yeah, do it. I, I love that. That All of those actually are things that I have climbed or climbed on and totally forgot about. So really, really great list. Um, I had a version of hog left that, um, that I just have written on my page here with a box around it because I didn't know where the hell to put it. And that is pseudo feather, oh. <laughs> which is like V3 or V4 on North mountain. And yeah, took me, did you get off the ground? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I think I eventually did do it. And then once I figured it out, I was able to repeat it over and over. But it might have taken me two sessions. Um, it definitely took me many hours of one day trying to figure it out. And I might have had to come back a second time to send it. I can't remember. Um, but it's really fun and interesting climbing. It's just so hard to figure out but so cool nice that's a good one the one i had for for overlooked classic is the fin at the aircraft carrier Mm. yeah Uh, it's a tall kind of kind of heady kind of exposed v4 up up this interesting arete right in the middle of the aircraft carrier and it just you feel like a hero up there and I think it's such a cool boulder problem and and I really have never heard anyone else talk about it with the exception of seeing that Bayes Wilder did it several years <laughs> ago. Um, and that's the only other time I've ever seen it. Yeah, that's a classic one. Beautiful feature. Um, you're at the top of East Mountain up in the aircraft carrier and it's kind of this little dome in the dome cracks open on that one side and you're climbing out of that crack kind of like that big open it's a big arete um yeah and you and there's a huge slab behind you like that goes down not in a way that you would fall and roll down it but several hundred feet it pitches down into the canyon um so it just you feel exposed that's a that's a really great pick yeah i i loved that one I think there are just too many boulders in Waco. Like both of us could go on forever with both of these lists. So I would love to, 
I would love to hear some of your favorites, some of what you think are the overlooked classics. Um, put those in the comments, either on the YouTube or post them up on the Instagrams. I would love to know um, what you think about the climbs in Waco tanks. Um, let's do rest day activities. Um, number one, I had the the native art tours around Waco. These kind of match up with your bird tours um, mm-hmm. from the local beta. Or just going out on your own and looking for these things. Um, some of my absolute favorite things to do in Waco are, are spend time looking for where the you know the indigenous people were, um, their artwork, um, and of course you know be really respectful of that stuff. Don't touch it. Um, just look and and admire. Uh, there's so much around Waco, and it, for me, that's just really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, it's cool to see that. Highly recommend it. Um, you know, another thing, like, and this is kind of a silly like rest day, but if you're climbing with someone else, um, you know, you go on a trip, and man, one one way you can make it work out really well is alternate climbing days. Good one. Um, like I, man, I love going out with my friends and supporting them. And also you just, you know, you get to spend time outside, like in a beautiful desert. Like I love it out there. So that's one thing that I'll even do sometimes is go out like on the mountain, hiking around. Um, yeah. And go hang out with friends. Yeah. That, that actually sets up really well with the three days on one day off reservations that you can make on North. Um, is to take one of those days when you have a reservation as a spotter day, pad carrier day. Um, that sets up really nicely. It's a really good one. The The only other thing I have in rest day activities, because, you know, frankly, most of my rest days in Waco were spent either at the Vista Market, the laundromat, or um, sitting in a library working, you know, or just sitting in the camper working. Um, but I have, uh, this was kind of an Easter egg thing for me. Um, Annalisa and I went to the El Paso library downtown and the library, um, which isn't like a big impressive library or anything, but in the re- I think it's the rear entrance has this big mural by El Paso artist, Tom Lee. Uh, who was a friend of uh, Todd and Amy Skinner's and they have a bunch of his work. Um, So I was familiar with him through them, Um, but they have this huge, really great Tom Lee mural uh, in the rear entrance of that, that downtown library. And I, once we saw it, I think I stood there looking at it for nearly an hour. Um, Just a, just a very cool example of Tom Lee, who is a, a really well-known, lauded, famous El Paso artist. So um, hmm. for me, that's a that's a really great one. You should do once if you have the time. Oh, cool. No, I wasn't familiar with that. All right. You got anything else on your rest days? All right. So this isn't truly a rest day, but it's a fun activity that I still do. Um, and... One of my favorite things to do in Waco is like, I'll get a comfy pair of climbing shoes and I'll do this on like an active rest day and I'll do a, I'll put a chalk bag on comfy pair of climbing shoes and I do a 
notepad circuit. On north or just wherever? North. Um, so yeah, just go around, climb a bunch of like the classic zeros, ones, twos, sometimes harder, depending how I feel or if there are pads that happen to be there. But yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, stash away my, I'll take my approach shoes, walk up to the top of the chains, kind of stash them away with my car keys and then just run around with some comfy climbing shoes in a chalk bag. And, you know, you can, it's how I imagine people go circuit and font where they're like, oh, you know, you go out and you just get to go climb a bunch of great climbs. Like, that's what I'll go do. Um, you know, I mentioned Zach Alexander earlier, like maybe one of my favorite days in Waco. Like one of my favorite memories was uh, it was his last day of the season. And I think I had a few days left, but just we went out and uh, did a big no pad circuit. Um, it was great. We just did that, hung out, talking for hours. Um, definitely did some things I was not comfortable with that he had dialed. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was, it was like, okay, cool. We're doing this. Let's, uh, but man, that to me was a ton of fun. It was a great way to like, just get to see a lot of climbing. Um, and you get to learn the kind of topography of North mountain really well. Like you realize if you top out fern roof or like hundred proof roof, and you go over the top, it's like, oh, I'm in the gymnasium now. But if I walk a little bit left, now I'm, you know, over in the new meadow, things like that. Like you suddenly start piecing together where all of these things actually are. You just walk a little bit further, you're over at Mop Boys. Um, and suddenly you realize like, oh, you don't have to go very far and you can just do so much climbing. Um, so that was kind of one of those things where if I didn't need a full rest day um, and wanted to get in the park and have fun still one of my favorite things. Yeah, that's a good one. I I really like the aspect of just kind of exploring uh, how all those different areas on North link to each other. Um, those are definitely some of my best rest days, just hiking around, walking around, finding um, where those things connect to other areas. Um, it can be really easy to think you're a whole mountain away from an area and it's right next to you actually. Um, so such often. an interesting interconnected place. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. I have, I'm going to put this on the Instagrams because you just reminded me actually of an Overlook classic. It's so overlooked that I don't even know the name of it. I have a video of Annalisa doing it. It's on ground level, North mountain, really fantastic rock climb. It, one of the climbs I've climbed the most probably in Waco, um, just going back there um, with other people. And I don't I don't know the name. I don't think we ever knew the name. Hmm. Uh, we asked several people the name and they didn't know it, but super fun. I'll post it up on the Instagrams right behind the post about this uh, podcast. And if you see it and you know the name, let me know. Um, otherwise, go find it. Ground Level North, really fun. Um, check out our training plans. We've got um, plans from beginner, boulder, and sport climber all the way up to experts, double digits, 514 climbers. And then we also have custom plans with all of our coaches. So check those out. That's that's what makes this podcast possible. Um, like I said, get on the Instagrams or on the YouTubes and uh, tell us what your favorites are, what you think the Overlook classics are, what you think the must do is it is there a boulder that exemplifies waco tanks better than all the others that we missed um i would love to know what it is because if i haven't done it i want to go do it so 
let us know. And uh, you can find us at powercompanyclimbing.com, um, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, all the places, the YouTubes. We're going to have a forum. It's almost built. It's almost ready. Um, that will be dedicated purely to rock climbing and training and coaching and will be away from Facebook, which will be a whole new place that you can find us. Otherwise, you can look for us all over the Twitter machine. We won't be there because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.